0: This is Very Public Affairs, the podcast of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Very Public Affairs podcast. I'm Joe Burke from the Centre and this week I spoke to Peter Van Onslin, political editor at the 10 Network and contributing editor at The Australian, about his address to the Centre's annual Head of Function and Senior Practitioner Roundtable Dinner. I asked him about his views on current political discourse, the trajectory for social media's impact on democracy, and finding common ground with political adversaries. So I'm here with Peter Van Onsland just before the start of our annual Heads of Function and Senior Practitioners Roundtable dinner. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So why do you think that public discourse about values, policy and politics has become so shouty and adversarial in recent years? I think it has become
1: worse in those respects in recent years than it has been in the past, and I'll go through why, but I would start by saying that it's easy to overstate the change. We always tend, whether it's the change of civil discourse or the lack of public policy rigour or the lack of the political skills of the modern politicians we do tend to be harsher on our contemporaries that we watch now than on the historical figures that we read about or that we remember from when we were younger. So it has gotten worse. It is more shouty. It is um, more confrontational in many respects, but not as much more, I would argue, as a lot of people assume or think, because we use rose-coloured glasses when we look at the past. So why is it a little bit worse now? Part of what makes it worse now, I would argue, is the pervasive nature of things like social media. It's easier now for the political class, A, to be found out for their nastiness, because there are more platforms at which people can read about it and listen to it and hear about it, Uh, but also the public themselves get involved in the discourse, and whilst in overall terms I think that's a good thing, it's participatory, I think it has an impact of creating more adversarial tension if you like a team red and a team blue amongst the politicians which is already there because it's a partisan fight but when you add all of those other elements into the mix it just gives it that little tweak uh, up tweak of being a little bit nastier
0: so one of the issues you're addressing tonight is whether or not civil public discourse is dead and buried uh, strong terms what are your thoughts about the importance of civility and respect for different political opinions in discussions about how we govern ourselves organised society and protect and sustain our democratic processes? Well this is something that does really concern me, uh, if I put my sort
1: of academic hat on in particular because the really good thing about the rise and rise of things like the internet and social media is that it has strengthened people's engagement and participation in politics and we needed that because we went through a trough period between what was the origins of the mass political party where people essentially joined it as part of a you know if you like an interest or a celebration in their lives more broadly and then it died and they became these professional organisations now we've got that void filled by social media and engagement the parties haven't adapted but it has been filled so that's the upside what's so concerning though on top of that upside is that it's become very silo based and what I mean by that is that you know it's an echo chamber in individual sections of social media where people talk to one another so the discourse is gone you know once upon a time a left-winger and a right-winger could have a debate or could have an argument, and it was civil because they understood each other's perspective and they respected it, even if they didn't agree with it. And yes, there were variations on that around the edges, but that was the core situation that's still there behind closed doors with politicians when they talk to each other but in the civil discourse it's not there when the pollies talk to each other and it's certainly not there when the public talk to one another through platforms like social media it is very much a I listen to my echo chamber mates and agree with them and I
0: fight with anyone that disagrees with me. So what do you think it's going to take for the community to have more trust in and maybe even participate more civilly in uh, our civic and political processes. Gee, that's a, that's a hard question to answer because the, once upon
1: a time, the trust that people had in political parties when it was a mass party phenomena was really more built around, uh, if you like, a, a tribalism of partisanship. You know, you, your parents voted one way, so do you, nine times out of ten. Or, or you pick your team and you stick to it, even if you've got you know, some value disagreements along the way. These days, um, there's greater voter realignment for most voters who tend to be disengaged from the partisanship but there is incredible alignment on the right and left flanks, which is that silo effect and that echo chamber that I was talking about before. So what fixes it? I think that the only way that the Australian political discourse is fixed is if there is a breakdown of the major parties, the Team Red, Team Blue phenomena, but I don't see that happening, that's the thing. It's a very rigid system here. It's supported by compulsory voting and public financing and all sorts of advantages that make it hard to disentangle the major parties from being so dominant. So I don't have a great answer to that because I I think there's going to be a lot more uh, of the downside before we get to that sort of an upside that might solve things. If I had to pick one thing, and this is a bit of a cop-out, but it is true, uh, leadership theory tells us that, you know, that sort of great leap leader can have a real impact. So we
0: we haven't got a lot of them in politics at the moment, but when the next one comes along, maybe that'll help. So we talked about social media briefly. Um, It's a hard question to answer on whether or not it's good or bad. Looking forward, can you see it becoming a better thing or a worse thing for our participatory democracy? I think it has to, in time, become a better thing, but, you know,
1: there's got to be, you know, I mean, I'm not one for regulation, but, for example, anonymity attached to social media use on Twitter is a problem. On Facebook, as much as there are transgressions, people aren't anonymous, and that immediately changes the nature of the discourse. Very few people that say things to you on social media that are aggressive or, or downright slanderous would do it face to face. And in fact, they even often back away from it when confronted on Twitter when they are, in fact, still anonymous. So there, there, there just needs to be some tweaking, I think. You know, social media is still in its infancy, uh, the same way that any new Uh, platform or any new technology uh, gets better the more it's used and better understood I think social media will as well I don't think it's going to get worse Uh, I actually think that the worst parts of it come out early
0: and I think that there will be a path for it to get better that's a lot of food for thought for everyone thanks very much for joining us Peter thanks for the chat cheers if you enjoyed this episode of very public affairs subscribe in iTunes and leave a review for more visit the centre for corporate public affairs website at www.accpa.com.au